Episode number 327, Songwriting and Women in Leadership with Justin Twido and Megan Hollyfield. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Well, hey guys, welcome to the podcast. I know that you are gearing up for a big holiday push at your church, so hang in there. You are going to make it. And I want to take a minute to thank you for your service. I completely know the sacrifice that you and your family is making this holiday to make Christmas happen at your church. Many hours at the church away from your spouse, away from your kids. Many hours behind the scenes that no one will ever see or know about. So thank you so much. If no one tells you, I'm telling you now, thank you. You are making a difference for the kingdom. Your service matters. On this episode of the podcast, I'll be sharing interviews that we did at South Carolina Baptist Convention's Onward Worship Leader Conference. I spent time with worship leader and songwriter Justin Twido as well as Megan Hollyfield, who is on staff at North Greenville University. She works in the worship ministry department at NGU and has a good pulse on where worship is, what worship leaders are learning, and where we're going. Great insight from both of these guests today. First, I want to let you see and hear a little bit about C3 Conference happening on February 6th and 16th, rather, February 16th and 17th in just a few months in Texas. It's hosted by Pastor Ed Young, and we'll be there hanging out, so we would love to see you there. Here's a little bit more about the conference. Check this out. It's time to be different, reach different, lead different, create different, work different, church different. Hosted by Pastor Ed Young, with special guest Ryan Cedars, co-founder of Yeti Coolers. Jonathan Falwell, pastor of the largest Christian university in America. Chip Michaelow, the only fisherman who's licensed to catch great white sharks in the world. Sean Johnson, lead pastor of Red Rocks Church. David Campisi, a restaurant business icon of North Texas. Melvin Sanders, former NBA powerhouse who is training the elite athletes of today. It's time to think different. C3 Conference. Hey guys, I'm hanging out with Justin Twido. Justin, you're the worship pastor at the Church of Nolansville, right? Which Correct. is a campus of Brentwood yes. uh, Baptist. And I got you right in the middle of a worship set. Yep. Uh, so we're going to finish this. You're going to run back over and do the last song. That's right. So I love how you're back and forth, man. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we're hanging out at Onward uh, and you're doing two breakout sessions, one on songwriting and one on uh, scheduling and planning your uh, uh, your worship team. Yes. Uh, so let's, let's hit on songwriting first. So give me kind of what you're going to talk about in that breakout. Um, yeah. Well, just, man, we have, we have, uh, the Lord has not only given us permission to write, but he, he tells us to to sing a new song to the Lord and make a new song. And so, um, man, we, we have permission and an imperative to um, yeah. to write uh, new songs. And the Scripture talks about singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs together, um, letting the Word of God dwell in us richly. And so I'm going to talk about um, 
scripture-filled songs, right? Um, singing God's word, but also psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Psalms being like a lot of people think that's just literally the psalms uh, yeah. of the Bible. Right. Uh, hymns uh, meaning other things that we write, and spiritual songs. There's some, to, you know, debate on what that means, but I th- I think that in general it just means sing everything, sing all different types of music, um, filled with the word of God, making music and uh, and melody to the Lord and teaching and admonishing one another through music. So um, we have uh, an imperative to write, and, and we're, we're, we're given permission, and we have an imperative to write. And yeah. uh, s- sort of what, the way I think about it is writing for church specifically, um, you kind of have, I think of it like a Venn diagram with three circles. One circle is it, ha- it needs to be true, uh, needs to be biblically true. Um, the other circle is it needs to be singable uh, in a mm-hmm. congregational setting, right? And the other circle is it needs to be pleasing. It just needs to be a good song. Right. So um, if you have all three of those things um, present in the song, it's, it's, that's what the song is going to work with your people. True, singable, and pleasing. If, you have, if it's just true and it's singable, that's great. But if it's not a good song, nobody wants to sing it. right? If it's right. just pleasing and singable but it's not true, you probably shouldn't be singing it. And if it's just singable and true... Well, I already said that. If it's just true and pleasing, but it's not singable, it's going to be hard for your people to catch on to anyway. So you need all three of those. Right. Um, and then the fourth one, which is a little bit outside of that, is, is like, is it edifying? Is it helpful for your people? And that's for you and your uh, pastor and your campus or whatever to decide. But yeah, that, that's how I think of songwriting for church. So this might, uh, you might have just uh, explained that, but this, but when you sit down to write, give me, you know, do you go into prayer? Is it better by yourself or mm-hmm. do you collaborate? What's your process? I usually do collaborate uh, these days. Um, sometimes I won't, but if, if I'm personally, if I'm not in the Bible, I'm not inspired. Um, and that sounds like a holy answer, but it's really like saying I need God's word to yeah. inspire me because there's only so much you can write that sort of hasn't been written just off the top of your head. I mean, um, so I, I usually will, f- will find some, something will speak to me in in God's word, and then a melody will come or something from that phrase, and then that'll be the jumping off point. Um, and I'll usually just do a little thing on my phone, send it to my buddies who I write with or whatever, or, or try, if I'm really inspired, I'll just try to knock something out. Um, but, What's um, the length? How long does it usually, does it, I'm, I know it varies, but how long does it usually take you to write a song? So in, in, a, in a label setting, if a label's putting on a writing day or whatever, it's the, the Nashville thing, you know, 10 and 2. So you've, you've got like a 10 a.m. write, and a, some guys are writing two songs a day, and they've got a 10 a.m. write and a, and a 2, 2 p.m. write, and they're, they're knocking them out in three, four hours. But, man, there's really no, I, th- I think the best ones just, sometimes they come in 30 minutes, and sometimes they come in 30 days, and sometimes they come in 30 years, I don't know, like, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it, it, it really just depends. I, I don't typically find that the ones that I finish in three hours are like my best ones. Right. Sometimes they are. Right. Um, it really just depends. So my buddy Stephen Brewster, who's produced a lot of music and, and, and done worked with a lot of songwriters, he's kind of the understanding of every church should write their own music for their local body. Yeah. Obviously seeing stuff from other people, but, but you know, time and and place for that congregation. What's your take on that? Um, man, if, if uh, it'd be hard for me to answer that globally. I mean, if you, if you have the giftings and skill, which if you're a worship pastor or worship minister or choir director or anybody, if you have that gifting, go for it. I'd also say like, maybe supplement with other songs. Like just be, right. if you're only singing your, your own songs, 
No, not, they, not all your mix, yeah, yeah, not all your songs are gonna be awesome, and so I have to, I have to be careful about which ones I bring because I don't want to bring the best ones. But yeah, I mean, yeah. man, start with a chorus or start with, yeah. um, man, sing a song, an old hymn, and then just like tag something onto it that your people, even if it's one phrase or whatever, like tag yeah. it, like write it with your sermon series that you're in or something. Mm. That's a good start. Yeah. Um, if it, you don't have to like release records and get a record deal and like have all these views and stuff, you don't have yeah. to do the industry thing. Just right. write songs for your church. Right, good. I think that's probably the spiritual song side of it too, mm. and the hymns and just make melody, you know? Yeah, good. All right, so your second breakout is on scheduling and planning. Yep. Uh, to, to give me a framework of what you're gonna talk about there. So it's something that like, I, I personally have a planning center tab open <laughs> on my computer at all times. It's just yeah. there. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of uh, worship pastors and, and tech guys and girls are, are the same. Um, but um, it's something I, I love. I, I can get too, too into it because yeah. when you get too into the plan, you're not, um, you sometimes get uh, tunnel vision. Because yeah. we're the only ones that actually see the plan. Everybody else is just living life, right? Um, but I think it's really important and it, it honors. You mean they don't go on and look I, at it? Believe it or not, no, no. I think oh, okay. we should start printing them out for everyone in the congregation. Like, here's the planning center sheet, you know, it's the new bulletin. Um, I was talking about volunteers, too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, that, it would be great if they, if they were joking. like, yeah, um, Saturday night, like, what are we singing? Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> But it, I think it honors the Lord. The Lord is, uh, man, he is the ultimate planner. He planned the gospel from before time started yeah. he, he knew the gospel and he had the gospel in mind and he planned it um, and so man our planning and being ready for Sunday honors him it also allows us to be more flexible in the moment right. when you have a plan you go okay 90% of this is planned but man this 10% is not working out what can we do and it, it lets you be planned so something I like to do with scheduling teams specifically is um, we all know the the content has to be planned, but scheduling teams on that's what gets tricky because it's people and it's canceling and it's all that kind of stuff. But I like to be at least four to four to eight weeks out in the plan. So uh, it's November now. In the, at the the first week of December, I will send out the January schedule. So December and January will be the the initial requests will go out. Right mm -hmm. now, obviously there's cancels and filling in. Sometimes week of, I'm like, oh, I got to find somebody. Um, but the initial plans are sent out. At least, so that, that means at any given point, we're four to eight weeks out. Mm -hmm. And anything more than that, I find is, is probably too much for people because they don't know what they're doing in three months. Right. But anything less than that can get pretty sticky trying to, uh, to plan that out. Um, and there's different methods and different uh, ways to do things. Um, as far as planning, uh, you can have, uh, you can have if, if you have enough, it all depends on how many volunteers you have too. But whether you have five volunteers or 50, it's still good to get um, out in advance um, so yeah. people know what to expect. I agree. Uh, I, one thing I, that I want to expound on is is I love having a plan so that you can deviate from it. And that, that sounds uh, contradictory, yep. but but it's true. You know, the more that you plan, the more flexible you can be in the moment. Oh, yeah. Because you, you kind of have a framework of where you're, where you're going. Um, so, uh, yeah, you want to speak to that, uh, any at all, and how that translates to the stage? Yeah, so we've started... Um, Sometimes I will literally, um, it's part of it's an exercise for me to not, not mess with the team, but just m help them grow and, and be in the moment. Like I will generally, we'll, we'll do the set, and let's say there's a 20 minute worship set. The first 15 minutes, 16 minutes are like planned to the T. We'll even go with the, the track and it's whatever. 
But there's a, a good three, four minutes at the end where a lot of times I will like to just, I will literally put on the plan spontaneous and like a little smiley face. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or just like follow me, smiley face, because um, I'll probably have something in my mind where I'm going, mm-hmm. but really don't know until there's a few options and I really don't know exactly what the order is going to be until that moment. And so um, last question for you, how do you you translate that to like lyric operator? So the the lyric operator, how do you guys work in tandem where like that guy doesn't get frustrated? He's not going off the plan. Well, exactly. So you, you serve them on and say, Hey, 90% of this, this is what's going to happen. But I need, I need you to go with me on this because, and you give them the why, right? Because we're reading the room. We're, we're ministering to people. And um, I'm either, I don't give them an option. I'll either do this, I'll right. either do A, B, or C. That's Follow great. me, look, but Good. yeah, just, just keeping them in the know and making them feel like they're a part of, because um, they are a part of the yeah. ministering to people. Like, um, yeah. yeah, especially think, when you get those ones and zeros people in it. You know, well, what I mean? that's true. But I think <laughs> you putting spontaneous in your plan helps those people. Yes. I, that sounds weird, but yep. like, okay, this is, it is the plan to be spontaneous yep. in this moment here. So I, I think that helps folks like that. Well, man, let's get you back in the uh, in the stage so you don't miss the last. Yeah, one. I love that. <laughs> I appreciate the. Time. <laughs> I don't want to be in trouble. So. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. Hey guys, Grant here from the twelve thirty media team. Did you know that we can create about any custom graphic or video need you may have for your church? We have produced graphics and videos for ministries and churches of all sizes. We produce content for Outreach, Awana, Answers in Genesis, Mountain Park Church, Crossroads UMC, the NRB, the South Carolina Baptist Convention, Seeds Family Worship, Grow Curriculum, Atlantic Shores Baptist Church, and dozens more. Sermon series graphics, series trailers and bumpers, promotional videos, testimony and baptism videos, lyric videos, social media content, and so much more. We would love to serve your church or ministry. You can start your project today at 1230.media slash custom. That's 1230.media slash custom. Hey guys, I'm hanging out with Megan. Megan, why don't you introduce yourself and you serve at North Greenville University, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm Megan Hollifield. I'm the Director of Worship Studies at North Greenville University. Um, I just train the next generation of worship leaders and worship pastors um, for the bivocational or vocational local and international church. That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> All right, so at North Greenville, uh, t- tell us a little bit about the program and tell us a okay. little bit about some of the worship leaders that you're seeing coming through. Yeah, so the program is um, pretty blended. We have a lot of contemporary elements such as um, recording studio production stuff, songwriting, but we also have some traditional structures as well as um, like basic and advanced conducting, arranging, that kind of thing. So we try to present a very well-rounded, what we call blended style of worship so that no matter what our worship leaders are going for in the style of church, they'll be very well equipped. Um, As far as what we're getting, um, we're getting a lot of modern and contemporary worship leaders, or that's what they feel called to. Um, But we realize that the local church is only a small fraction of that or are trying to go that way. So um, we try to equip them again to be as well-rounded as possible, no matter where God sends them. So being able to see a lot of worship leaders come through and then where they're going, 
Talk to me about some of the trends that you might be seeing in, in mm -hmm. worship leading. Um, so a lot of the trends would be um, there is a lot of high energy happening. So the trend in worship um, music right now is kind of taking a, a swing back to the multi-voice. So you have like Maverick City, you have Elevation, you even have like New Spring Music and stuff like that that are kind of coming away from that um, main vocalist and harmony to a lot of voices, a very like raw and authentic and like just tangible worship experience where it's almost like they're having a worship night instead of like not that it's ever a performance, but not really like a concert setting. And then you just put a couple of cameras up and catch the moment. And so that's a lot of the trend that we're getting or the passion um, from our students is they want a really like authentic, tangible experience in their worship leading. I think of Hillsong with that because mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if you watched the documentary. I think it was called Let Hope Rise. Or yes. So they are very much like the, the the biggest band in the world that you've never heard of kind of thing. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you don't really know their names, yeah. really, yeah. unless you really dig into it. Mm -hmm. um, so are you seeing that more of an approach that's like, not no names, but, but like mm -hmm. a, a slate of folks that are more... Yeah, I think the movement right now is less artist-driven and more collective. Okay. I think that's what's happening. Like, it's not really like the Chris Tomlin, Mike, Michael W. Smith, even though those are amazing. It's more of like, hey, we're Maverick City, we're Elevation, we're Mountaintop Experience. Like, we're a collective. We all come together as different worship leaders to bring this experience. Right. That is definitely where this generation is heading. Gotcha. Yeah. That's a good point. All right, so you did a breakout session today on women in worship and women in leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me uh, some of the points that you – give me an overview of your breakout. Yeah, so basically what we did is we went from basically Old Testament all the way to New Testament and highlighted, highlighted specific um, – like worship leaders slash women in leadership throughout the Bible. And so with women in ministry, you know, I kind of openly talked about that there is this stigma of you have, you know, certain denominations that are not gender specific, and then you have certain denominations that are gender specific. And so when you have such a controversial, I'd say, topic sometimes, you have to be kind of careful not to let it be opinion driven, but biblically driven. And so we talked about the specific leaders in the Old Testament, such as Deborah, the judge, or Miriam, the worship leader, who presented the first worship song in Exodus 20. Um, and then we moved into the New Testament where we talked about how Mary Magdalene was the first one to see Jesus at the tomb, and how Phoebe was considered a deacon when Paul addresses her in uh, uh, Romans 16.1. So we kind of talked about that um, and just overview of like the biblical leaders um, for women in the Bible. Gotcha. Um, so obviously, yeah, it is a it can be a controversial issue. Mm -hmm. How would you encourage uh, churches who are looking for women in that worship yeah. leader role? Uh, or, you know, give us give us some tips for churches. Maybe yeah. So I definitely think that worship specifically is not gender specific. I think that there is no verse in the Bible um, that kind of tells us that worship ministry should be only male-led or only female-led. Is it the word pastor that's hanging up? So if I called you a worship mm -hmm. pastor, that might 
be more controversial than calling you the worship leader? I think so. Um, the church that I attend, which is Authentic Church in Greer, um, I am the worship and creative arts pastor. Um, but I do submit to my husband as the executive pastor and then my senior pastor, um, which is, um, and so we don't have a problem with that, but some churches do. Um, they relate the word pastor to the word elder, which is found in First Timothy, which is male specific. There is no way around that. And so I honestly, what I call, call it is I call it an open-handed issue. It is up to the discernment of the church because like I said today in my breakout session, you have First Timothy 2 where Paul is specifically telling women to be silent in the church, yet Paul in Romans 16, 1 and also in Acts is addressing a woman in a leadership ability. So you have the same author giving two contrary um, ideas. And I think for First Timothy 2 in my, you know, educated opinion is very specific to the contextualization of what was happening in history at that time. You had a lot of Gentiles in the church and they were very woman empowered and very outspoken. And in that same um, chapter, he talks about being appropriate of dress. A lot of the Gentile women were provocative. And so um, I do think that the word pastor is a little bit of a gray area, um, but I specifically think it's okay for a woman to be a woman pastor. So let's flip that. So we talk to the church, talk to the, the women who are mm -hmm. worship leaders, who are worship pastors at their church. How would you encourage them to either address this issue or give them some encouragement in their role? Well, I, I think a lot of times what happens is, is women in ministry kind of put this defense up. There's almost this unnecessary aggression or defensiveness. And that's one thing I talked about in my breakout. I can, be. I can, yeah, this is my opinion. I am validated. Right. And I think one thing I talked about in my um, breakout session today is number one, God is our defender. In, in our weakness, He is strong. And if God has put you in a leadership position, then you need to like trust that with confidence. You know, defensiveness and pride and confidence are not the same thing. And so um, another thing that I talk to them about is like, be careful with like how you approach situations. So for instance, I gave them, like if you're doing a practice and you wanna assert your authority, but you also don't wanna be rude, you do things like, um, hey guys, I wanna honor your time and your family. Let's honor God's time and let's practice together. I also said like, know your stuff. Like when you show up, you know, you're always going to have those worship team members that are, are really intelligent musicians that, you know, are going to sometimes intentionally or unintentionally challenge your leadership. Um, and so you need to know your stuff. You need to know your chords. You need to know your lyrics. You need to know what's happening. Um, but I think the number one thing for women in ministry is not to be defensive. Like, you've got to be confident, but also be like, not aggressive in that confidence. I know that's that's a lot to put into <laughs> to words. That's, that's great to that's great to, to think through. Um, is there any encouragement? Right, not defensive, but maybe the the week to week. Uh, is mm -hmm. there anything week to week that you can encourage them? I would say, um, you know, we can't take our people, and we hear this all the time, but it's so true, we can't take our people where we're not. I think that the Lord's presence speaks for itself. I think that if you are 
having quiet time with the Lord and you're spending time in His Word, then those moments that may seem so big in the attack of your leadership will be responsive and not reactive because you're, you're putting the mind of Christ on. So my encouragement is stay in the Word, stay prayed up, um, have healthy boundaries. You know, I, this is another thing I talked about for women in ministry. Like if you have a lot of males in your teams, don't text after a certain time. Like make sure that like you have family oriented like worship nights or like just make sure that, especially if you're a single woman, make sure that you're protecting um, your current family or your future family. Um, so boundaries are really important and they also, um, indirectly put like a leadership quality there. Like if someone knows that you're having boundaries, then that automatically tells them like, oh, they're set apart. Like there's a reason for that boundary. Good. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. For the males in a band mm-hmm. or worship team that need to submit under the leadership <laughs> of, a, of a woman pastor, what yeah. would you encourage those, those folks to do? I would say that every great leader is a great follower. And so learning how to submit like David did to God under the leadership of Saul is a great model. Obviously your woman worship pastor is not trying to kill you like Saul tried to kill David, but it is a great lesson of submission um, that you have to trust the Lord in your life and you also have to trust the leaders that he puts over you. You know, in Galatians 3.28, it says there is no bond, there is no free, there is no male, there's no female. We are all one in Christ, right? And so if I can be submissive to a female or a male, I'm ultimately being submissive to the Lord. So I would say be submissive and try to support them. You know, you would want someone to support you in your leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Thank you so much. Yeah. For this. Thanks and for having I really me. I appreciate it. Thank you. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Hey guys, thanks so much for hanging out this week. The team putting this show together behind the scenes is AJ Schubert, Daniel Stevanis, and Steve Dirks from our 1230 Media team. Next week on the show, I will be talking with a legend in the worship ministry industry as veteran worship leader Dennis Worley will be on the show. I'll be talking with Dennis about what to say between worship songs. We'll also chat about how he mentors younger worship leaders and how you can do the same in raising up the next generation of leaders at your church. That's next week on the show. We'll go out there and create some amazing worship experiences this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.